featuring Kevin Graham, baby. Let's go. Our first guest. Welcome, guys. It's our first guest pod. It's also our first faded away pod. It's basketball, catch up on basketball season right around the corner. It's like a fade away and we had an So thanks for joining us, guys. <clears throat> Finally, our highly anticipated guest pod will be rolling. Please come join. Uh, teach and tell us about your passion as we dive in deep, spread knowledge all over the world. Shoot us a DM on our Instagram at Cigars and Sports. Guys, how's that spelled? S-I-G-A-R-S-A-N-D-S-P-O-R-T-S. Uh, we'd like to see what you want to speak about and work out some dates. Excited to hear about everyone's shindig. Um, as I stated, our first pod will include Faded Away. Um, who do you guys think gets higher, me or Vince Carter? Uh, Vince Carter. I'll definitely yeah, say he'd probably get up higher. Even at 42. JK, I heard Lou Williams smokes the loudest in the NBA, though. Kai's was telling me something, too. Steve Kerr, though, according to Nick Young, rolls the best blunt in the NBA. Steve Kerr rolls the best blunt. That's what I like hearing. This week, uh, our guest has a passion for big balls handled by black men. I mean, basketball <laughs> and <laughs> sacred geometry. This <laughs> guy. Kevin. Can you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself so they have an understanding? Please don't hold back. Be like Picasso. Paint a picture if you'd like. Um, something like your favorite toothpaste. Do you like going right or left on a wave? Or top or bottom when you're in beaver mating mode? Give us the essentials. Oh, oh my God. You're a fucking douche. <laughs> I like basketball, and I like dealing with my friend's shit, I guess. Alrighty, guys. You heard it. Basketball. That was a picture. Thanks for painting. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what, guys? Here we go. <clears throat> we'll spark up a little something, give them, give them a little creative intuinity, and uh, let's that? get this pod started. Is I don't know. What's the adjective I'm waiting, looking for, guys? Intuition? intuition. Some creative intuition. Here we go. I might have Kevin, oh my God. let me get a little Someone's background first. Faded. When did uh, when did you start playing? Tell us about when you started playing, when you were started being a fan of the game. What brought you to the game? Uh, honestly, as long as I can remember, to be honest, I mean, I don't, I don't really remember a specific time. I just said like I love, I love basketball. I just kind of, it's just something I attached myself to when I was young. I, mean, I don't, I'd say three. Was that a certain earliest player? memories? I mean, certain player was obviously Jordan, but I mean, I. You know, being three years old, you don't really understand too much about Jordan when you're three, but come around five or six, you start understanding more, you start understanding names. Did you notice Jordan's talent? Oh, of course. I mean, I'm more, you know, you notice the dunks in the tongue wagon and the shoes. Do you have one, like, picture moment that you remember first? Like, I will always remember Shaq running down the court with his uh, Uh, knuckles on his head, you know what I I mean? mean? If you're talking Jordan, uh, that game six Byron Russell jumper was probably the most epic moment just because it encompassed everything Jordan was but I mean my favorite moment's got to be Lakers 
Lake Kobe and Shaq, dude. That's the prime of my childhood right there, dude. No question. Yeah, definitely. Being Michael, we're, we're 27, 28, 20, 26 around here. It's, it was kind of hard to remember what Michael did. We have appreciation um, of the greatness, but as far as like seeing it and remembering it, Kobe and Shaq definitely was a so big... Kobe took the pillar. Um, any friends influence you towards it? I know we all kind of have some, some close friends. Um, anyone kind of push you over there, neighbors or whatnot? Um, no, to be honest, my neighbors weren't really into basketball. I just, like I said, I don't know. I can't, it's just something I was drawn to. It's not really like, I don't know. I just, I watched it on TV. I liked it. I thought it was exciting. Saw some good moves. Happened to see great players at a great time and just went out and started practicing. Just fell in love. I think that's a key thing he said. Saw some great players at a great time. Um. <laughs> Definitely draws the attraction. Oh, no doubt. As far as like boxing and MMA, you see those those dull times, and you know what I mean. You see the sport go up and down too. Well, I mean, I just think growing up in my time, I've seen the best of it all. I mean, I've seen the goats. I've seen Brady. I've seen Jordan. I've seen Kobe, the Bronze. I've seen baseball greats, J Jeter. You know, A Rod. All. You know, I've seen Ken Griffey. Barry Bonds. I've seen, you know, I've, I've learned an epic sports. I'm not just in the three major sports, you know, but, you know, talking the emergency UFC, boxing, Floyd Mayweather, you know, a bunch of stuff, Manny Pacquiao. You, you just see it all. You see, you know, some, you see the transition and the, the big changes in sports, how they've grown globally and how, you know, like social media affects sports and everything. I just think we're in an interesting time. We were, we were in the greatest era of sports in terms of evolution expansion you know physical specimens like just look at it all it's just, everyone's bigger faster stronger more analytics but you know schemes are deeper planning's deeper there's it's more complex now but it's because there's so much time and effort put into it all it's it's phenomenal i think i don't know if you love sports i mean you love seeing sports grow Keeping it back to the younger age, maybe giving a little local shout out. Uh, where'd you grow up playing? Uh, any local parks? Any local leagues you want to shout out? Give a little love to. NJB, NJB, Huntington Beach South. That was a uh, definitely mine growing up. Obviously, a little bit of rec ball, Huntington Beach Rec Center. Lots of days spent there. Lots of days spent there, and then just hooping with the friends. And I know you played water polo in high school. Can you give me a little explanation behind that? You didn't play basketball. Was it a uh, was it a kind height of, reason? Not enough forced, skill? Uh, Can no, you uh, explain a little more, more about less, that? Uh, I mean, really, I was just kind of forced to play water polo, and then kind of screwed up my grades, and that just kind of messed up my chances of playing basketball. Yeah, but they're two different seasons. I know that, but if you if you mess up your grades, you go on academic. Josh didn't get that treatment. Over you get in academic, in, yeah. Well, probably. I mean, there's technically so probation, and there's different over here. There's different ways <laughs> around it. But I'm um, trying to play basketball in Huntington. I just wanted to, you know, what I mean, let's just see, let's just see. Anyways, <clears throat> some going on after that high school and whatnot, you still have some love for the game. You stuck close to I it. Always will. For from what I've seen, you're pretty cerebral around the game, even though your your post moves are pretty much barbecue chicken. <laughs> oh, um, yeah? When you start yeah. to attack the game mentally, uh, it's clearly influenced by. Kobe. I mean, I think it's just influenced by getting better at the game. I mean, obviously, I respect Kobe's approach, and I, I think it's the, it's the right approach if you want to be at the level he's at, but and get to where he's at. But I think it's just like in general, you got to think everything through. You, 
all your ideas and innovations and the hobbies you're doing, you're thinking while you do them. You're thinking of ways to make it better, more exciting, more enjoyable, easier, more difficult in some cases for working out or whatever, you know? It's just how you view it. I think people are always analyzing and breaking things down because they want to understand it more. It's just like basketball is the same for me. I like to understand it, so I want to see everything I can about it, see different perspectives, different views and angles on things. It's just woke. That's enjoying it. And do you have a – I brought up post-game. Do you have a specific part of the game you enjoy the most? Maybe a fast break, post-game, half-court, um, perimeter D. I love, I love it all. I mean, I like – I appreciate the post more now. Now that I'm older, slower. <laughs> you know, torn ACL didn't help. Torn ACL didn't help. Yeah. But I think – I think – yeah, I think passing. Passing is the most exciting part of the game. The ball moves faster than the people and – it's real teamwork. It's it's how the game's supposed to be played. It's supposed to be free flowing, and the ball when the ball's moving, and you make a nice dish or you get a nice assist. It feels good. Well, besides setting people up, feels good. Setting people up feels good. I like that. He's a giving man, ladies. You hear that? He's a, He's giving, a giving man, man. over here. Yeah. Call, her, call him daddy. Call him daddy. <clears throat> well, besides uh, the people you keep closest to you, it's also the people that you follow. So give me your top three inspiring, most inspiring players uh, to you and to your game. Ooh, that's a good one. To, to my game? Well, um, I mean, kind of base it well, in yeah, top yeah. three between those two questions. Between your game, how you like to bring out, and then obviously who... Like, how, who, do, how do I see my game? Like, who do I see? Who do you base your game after? And then oh, also, after? you know what I mean? Oh. Who's the creativity? Or like, give me three players. Game. I mean, I'd like to say the three players I've watched the most, studied the most, were Kobe, no question. He, he You know, he's my favorite. Penny Hardaway, Jordan. I mean, those are the three. But, I mean, I'd like to throw in Hakeem for post stuff. And then, obviously, Magic. Like, who... I mean, Magic's something you can't really teach his vision and stuff, but you could just watch him and try to adapt the style and the flow and the, the pace he plays at. Okay. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty, Kevin. The world wants to know your take on I got a lot of takes. to L.A. Ah, dude, I just... Dumb, dumb, dumb. Personally, it wasn't a Not fan. LeBron to China. Look, I understand, LeBron China I understand why. I understand what the Lakers do. That's, that's what the Lakers do. They bring the stars, but... Sometimes you need to change things up, I feel, and I think we had a pretty good core. I think we gave up a lot to get him in terms of, you know, turning down other guys. You know, I'd rather, you know, being a Laker fan, I'd rather have had Paul George and Kawhi, like the Clippers, but oh, yeah. I just think I just think they shouldn't bend to LeBron's will. Like, LeBron is a player. At the end of the day, he's a player, and he's not bigger than the organization. You know, he's he's big, and he's an icon, and he's the face of the league, but that doesn't mean he's bigger than the organization and the betterment of the organization if you're owning it or running the team. You're not suiting him. You're suiting the team. You know, you're serving that team. How many so, games does Frank Vogel get this year? Does he last the whole season? Uh, Frank Vogel lasts the whole season. Do you I, like Frank Vogel? I don't mind him. I mean, I'm not I, – I like what he did when he was – you know, I don't mind him. When he was with the pace, I didn't mind him, but – I don't know enough about him yet, to be honest. I mean, I think I think he'll play the whole season just because you're not going to fire a team 
with that much. You're not gonna fire a coach with that much talent because they're gonna win games. I mean, it's pretty. Jason clear. Kidd's the, assistant. The, yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel like I they were set that. up for failure in that case too, as that. far as Jason Kidd goes. But I think maybe they're maybe they'll let Vogel. Dude, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure how they're approaching. I think maybe they just want a stacked coaching roster just to, you know, different aspects. You know. Well, I think they kind of brought that football approach. Uh, Frank Vogel is very, very defensive minded, and you know that's what they wanted to change the most. They wanted to change the defense, so they brought him in. They brought his sets in. Exactly. They wanted to have him and his team and LeBron dive in or buy into his defense. Then they have Jason Kidd over there running the offense, probably going to call the offensive plays. And uh, the th- difference between those two is Frank Vogel is going to be the head coach and call the defense, and then I see something like a Jason Kidd and LeBron running the offense, kind of like a quarterback offense. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could see that. I mean, I think kid LeBron's always wanted to play or be coached by kid or like work with him. So I think that I could see that working like that. I mean, first off, I mean the Lakers' main focus this year is their defense. They want to be a defensively great team. Like it's they're not worried about their offense. I mean, they have two of the top five players in the league, and in the preseason, we've already seen what they've been doing. Like the preseason. They play well together, and they're going to be a problem. Like if it's just facts. Like we haven't seen enough of George and Kawhi. I've seen enough of these, but Kawhi and AD look. Are, LeBron and AD look like they play great together already. They already know what they're doing. They played before together. They're they're going to be dominant, and that's why you're, that's why I don't think you're going to fire Frank Vogel. If Frank if they go and win sixty games, and you know go deep and playoff win a chip, you know why why would you fire a coach? I mean. He's winning games. That's what you're paying him to do. And the team's winning. You don't fire a coach like that. But I could see that with the with the off, kind of the offensive coordinator QB type situation where LeBron and Kid run the team. Yeah, It'd be interesting. But I mean, I'd be open to it. I mean, Jason Kidd's a Hall of Famer, champion. He knows what he's doing. He's one of the best point guards of all time. So I'll just leave it that. I think I don't think Frank Vogel gets fired. So leading into Frank Vogel makes it one year. What are the next four years? What do the next five years look like? You know, good. I mean, you got AD and his, you know, not even thirty. And I mean, yeah, LeBron's only got a couple more years. But the way LeBron keeps himself in shape, it's I'm not worried. And it's just his game. His game. LeBron's game. He'll be able to play till he's forty-five. You know, his his game translates. He's not just a physical freak. He still is a freak, but. He passes, man. He understands the game. He's mentally got more mental awareness of the game than just about anyone in the league. But from my understanding, they have. Oh, uh, do you see them chasing another star? Uh, what about after LeBron leaves? Who do you think? Who do you think kind of pairs with uh, Anthony Davis after LeBron's contract's up? He only, you know what I mean. After this year, only has two more well, years after this. I really think LeBron wants to play with his kid. I think LeBron's gonna try to hold out to play with his kid. Or at least play against him. Um, are but, you are you saying that he's gonna play in LA then? Um, I mean, I don't know how they would work that out because I imagine Bron Bronny's gonna be a pretty high draft pick. But I mean, LeBron has already shown that he can make moves to make players get to his team. So I mean, why couldn't he try to swindle his way into making some deal happen? Him and Rich Paul have a lot of power, man. They they. They really do have a good grip on a lot of NBA players and a lot of control. Like, you know. 
I, got a lot of influence. He can do really almost whatever he wants at this point, man. He literally force traded Anthony Davis to the Lakers. So, I mean, I get, I get from your point. You know what I mean. He wants to play with with the kids, but what about like the Lakers' point after think, his contract's think, up? Do you would you still pay LeBron? Because at that point, yeah, he's you, gonna be making fifty million you, a year. You, you pay LeBron with the you, the super you pay max LeBron. contract. You pay LeBron. He's worth it. It's not even about the and that'd be like forty percent of your your salary cap. Yeah, but do the salary cap thing can change too when they do a new player agreement? Like there there's there's there can be changes. I mean this this big this whole situation with China. You know, that really affected a lot of money with the NBA. It did a lot of damage. And now they're going to have to find a way to make new deals because they're going to need to find more extra income because they, you know, they have deals. You know, there's, they're going to find new deals. They're going to start going broader countries and stuff. They're going to make moves happen. This whole China thing was a big blowback. The Lakers, though. It's going to... Not the NBA. Yeah, but that, is, that affects the Lakers in terms of that could end up affecting salary cap. Like, they might make changes to the salary cap. We don't know. I mean, I think the Lakers... So, But you as a Lakers... I just think, I just think the Lakers would still pay LeBron forty would, to fifty million would, a year. I would pay 40, LeBron 40. the max contract just about to the end of his career because one, I think he'll be great till the end of his career, and two, it's the value he brings to the franchise in terms of sales, in terms of marketability, in terms of everything, and just also, you know, there are a lot of players who want to play with LeBron James. There's a lot. There's a lot of negatives. You say oh, a lot of stars don't, but there's a lot of good role players and a lot of good players who will play with LeBron James. No question. And that just in itself, you build, you know, you're building something. But I just think, I don't even think, I'm not, I'm more worried about signing Kuzma and Davis long term because they have way more future. LeBron's got a few years and then, you know, they'll probably just keep signing him to one year deals. That's how LeBron does it. He'll just be, you know, mercenary for hire, one year deals just to, you know, max out his stuff and then that's it. I think they'll figure out the, the cap situation. I mean, we do need to drop some players. I think. You know, there's a couple of players that are paid pretty high. Contavious Cobble Pope, like you know, a couple of these guys make good money, so they're gonna have to move them around. But well, those guys are all on one-year deals too. That's why they're not gonna come back next year. And they signed for a one-year deal. They just got paid a little higher instead of taking a longer deal to better terms. Yeah, because I think they they're not playing on staying around. <clears throat> it is spooky season, so I mean, as far as the Lakers go, you can't get any much more conspiracy than them in the NBA. Um, let's talk a few conspiracy things. Chris Paul is supposed to be traded. CP3 to the Lakers after Kobe and Paul had their heyday. Paul Gasol to the Rockets. The Hornets get a first-round pick. Lamar Odom. Goran Dragic. Such bad cottonmouth. Goran Dragic and Kevin Martin. Kevin, can you tell us what happened there? The Chris Paul trade was a scam, bro. Like, I don't... That That's just my opinion. I mean, I personally think it was a scam. I think they just didn't want Kobe to get some rings right there because they know. I mean, for real, like... You give Kobe Chris Paul in 2009, and it's game over. Like, those guys are rolling through the West, and they're going to beat any team in the East, dude. Like, you know it. You know, with Pau Gasol, too, like, or no, not Pau Gasol, yeah, they get rid of him, but still, Chris Paul and Kobe Bryant, both in their primes, I'll take that combo over just about any. Yeah, that's like the Splash Brothers right there. Yeah. But to even get that trade, they pulled one off before. Uh, Jerry West was a Memphis exec. Greatest greatest basketball mind of all time. Traded away Paul Gasol to the Lakers. Gave an all-star away for a jockstrap, Kwame Brown. Literally, an all-star away for a jockstrap. He also got Javarvis 
Crittenton, never heard of him. The rights to Marcus Gasol, who ended up being a pretty good player in two firsts. Um, th those Lakers first are basically second-round picks. So tell us what happened there, Kevin. I smell a little conspiracy with Jerry sorry, West. Sorry for Jerry West, but what kind of conspiracy are you talking about? What do you mean? Um, Jerry West traded the Lakers' Paul Gasol. Yeah, I mean, I just think... I mean, he made a move. I don't know. Maybe there was probably a little bias. Then, then, then later went athlete. to the Lakers. He went, later went to the Lakers, and then he also got later declined <laughs> by the Lakers. But then he got declined by the Lakers and just went to the Clippers. So, so I mean, there's... But he would... So there has to be an no, NDA or I something mean, against that, no? Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna, I don't know enough about that. I mean, I'm not, like, not going to say Jerry West. Maybe he, I mean, no, he traded Paul gonna, Gasol gonna, to the Lakers. He was the he was the Memphis exec. He traded Paul Gasol, gave him the Lakers, and later went to the Lakers front office. <laughs> yeah, but think about you. I mean, they got a lot of picks. They got uh, Marcus Mar <laughs> not bad. Marcus is good. Like you trade a brother to brother, and Marcus Gasol would mean a good. Pick, dude. Like they got. Yeah, but it was picks. the rights for him, and and. The, but dude, they, those those picks only became second rounders and stuff because like the Grizzlies ended up becoming pretty good still. No, they became second rounders because they're the Lakers picks, and the Lakers won every year that year, those few years. Anyways, moving on, the last one, and this one smells the funkiest. That's why I saved okay. it the most. What? Lakers are down three two All Laker in the two thousand two. Okay. This is like. <laughs> uh, versus the two thousand two. Um, uh, Western Conference Finals, fourth oh, quarter against the Kings. Stop, stop. 23 yeah, free throws in the fourth quarter. What do you think about D. Wade Tim Donahue later, who's refereeing, the Mavericks admitted to be finals. gambling on games. Okay, and that's... that's Is that not a conspiracy, Kyle? That's a conspiracy? Hey, I ain't... Hey, but what other games what happened Donahue, there, Kevin? What other games did Donahue referee that could have been big? Like, I'm, he I'm was all of them. I'm saying that wouldn't happen, though. Fourth that's, quarter, down 3-2, 27 free throws. Guy probably... We had the house on hey, the line. Who were you also playing? Kobe and Shaq. Shaq drew free throws almost every time he touched So Kobe the ball. has four rings. That's all I want to say. LeBron Kobe has, has three. Kobe has five. No, because that's a fake right there. Kobe has four <laughs> rings. <laughs> then, LeBron's then, okay, about so, to tie him. I'm about to close the mic. You're, then LeBron has literally one. Because Kyrie won him his one against the Warriors, and fucking Ray Allen saved his bitch ass. We got blacked the fuck out that night downtown. One that's not, that's that not a conspiracy, though. That's not a conspiracy. That's someone helping that, them out on the team. This is a conspiracy as with literally refereeing look at the or betting before. against the game oh for them. God, dude. <laughs> and when you bring up oh the Mavericks, that goes against LeBron. Anywho, <clears throat> let's talk about this year. Guys. Dude, the fla Flash, D-Wade had like a, a game where he had like, he had like 60-something free throws over the last four games of those finals that he won. I think he like outshot the entire Mavericks team in terms of free throws or some shit like that. It was crazy. There was like, like one game where he had like 20 more free throws alone. Was Donahue on that? Yeah, well, D-Wade was the Donnie best shooter. was probably on that game. D-Wade's the second best shooting guard of all time. Guys, you got any other questions for Kevin? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. No, I think we... Yeah, all right, wrap I, it all up. Tie it up yeah. in a bow. D-Wade's great. I think, I think I'm trying to tie it he's, in a bow right now. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even talk about our rookie year. We're getting into it right now. Settle down. That was the interview person. Yeah, that was the interview person. We just want a little history of background. That was the Kevin Graham show. Clearly, our listeners know how much knowledge you have now. You gave us some great stuff. I really enjoyed the yeah, depth. I really enjoyed yeah. you talking about Kobe. Painting a picture. And, uh, you know, the one yeah, that really stuck to me was this Lakers. cerebral question when I asked you about Kobe, and, and you brought the whole... Understanding the game into life and Mama you know what I mean? Mama.
Alrighty, guys. <clears throat> Let's bring it into 2019, 2020 now. Um, just want to hear your guys' thoughts and whatnot. We're just going to go through some awards, through some predictions. Uh, just give you guys a little bit of description on the new players coming in. So, um, without further ado, Kev, why don't you start with us? Guest first. Um, give us your MVP. Give us your Rookie of the Year. Give right. us your uh, Defensive Player of the Year, the Sixth Man of the Year, and the Coach of the Year. Hit it off. Dang, all of them. Okay, so MVP is going to be honest. That guy's gonna go back to back, no question. That guy's gonna get even better this year than he was last year. He's the MVP. Well, let's all go. Let's all go together, guys. All right. <clears throat> I also have Giannis. Um, he's got another chance to do it, like you said. And I, I believe they should win the East. So easily. It's, it's gonna be hard for him not to get the looks. I get Steph. I think they're going to do a lot better than people think as far as the Warriors go. Um, Steve Kerr said he's physically and mentally at his peak right now, and I definitely think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Rookie of the Year, Kev? Do we need to discuss this? Rookie of the Year? Zion? <laughs> but, I mean, a dark horse for me is going to be Kobe White. I think Kobe White's going to get his opportunities. Chicago, right? Yep. Yeah. And I th they don't have a solid, legit starting point guard yet that they have squared away. And you know, he's going to battle for it. And he actually played good tonight. So, I mean, I just think he's got a lot of talent, too. I think he's going to get opportunities in minutes. You know, Tyler Hero's not bad. That He's just getting kind of a lot of uh, tension right now. But to maintain the shooting, he's doing his hard. Kai Zion? Yeah, Zion, clear-cut, super freak, and he's taking over Anthony Davis' role. So The thing about Zion, too, is I think he's just going to get those, <clears throat> like, votes from like up like uneducated fans if like they're voting for it or just like he just gets that celebrity vote you know that mm -hmm. all the other rookies won't have yeah. he's gonna yeah i mean dude the kid's a dynamo bro i mean the kid's literally gonna be incredible i think and defense wins championships so uh, who's gonna be the player of that defensive player of the year yes sir i'm gonna go Giannis. I think Giannis does one clean sweep this year. I think he really does. I mean, that'd be cool. I think he's gonna dominate. It's that guy's the next breed of future of basketball. Like he's a superstar at the highest, like highest order. Guys, I got uh, Anthony Davis. He's playing with LeBron and even Dwight Howard. Could if he stays healthy for a whole season, he could get um, some defensive votes. player of the year. But uh, I think when when he's playing and Dwight's out of the game, he'll play paint protect paint protector. So. Yeah, I got Paul George. Uh, I think Kawhi is going to be taking a big offensive burden for the Clippers, him and Lou Williams. And I think the Clippers will by far be the best defensive team in the NBA. Um, and I think Paul George will kind of be that the head guy there, him and Pat Beverly. But I think just like all the stats are going to – he's going to have a good sh chance for all the stats to kind of go his way as far as everything goes. <clears throat> and his job will be easier. Job will put up numbers. Um, sixth man of the year, Kevin. I think I think I like Gordon Hayward, but I also like Dinwiddie out of the Nets. I like him a lot just because of the style, the tempo they play, the style. His his style of game is perfect for what they do, and I just think you know he's a legit player. I mean, he had the injury last year, but he's he is a legit player. I mean, he, I just think he's going to be surprised everyone. I I just don't see him going to Lou Williams again. I mean, I think Lou Williams there's too much talent around him and the, the need for him to be that scoring punch isn't going to be as needed this year i don't believe and there's just other players i mean mantras harrell too he's he could easily be a six man of the year now that he's not starting so that's a good transition that's my pick mantras harrell yeah so thanks kev 
Um, him and I think it, him and Lou Williams will get that attention again, like right off the bat favorites. But like you said, I don't think he'll kind of get it back to back. So I think they'll be the best second, like the best bench in the league. They'll be the best second unit in the league with those two coming back off the bench again because they were doing that last year for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were by far the best second unit in the league last year. I told you that in the beginning of the year. You told me no, 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 the Celtics, and look what happened. Um, Lou Williams gonna win it again, definitely. Uh, like Paul George, he's he's gonna be the third option on the Clippers. Lou Williams is still gonna be the second option. No. He's gonna be right behind Kawhi. You just looked up his stats before. He's unreal. He's done an offensive that doesn't game. Mean he's gonna be the and he's gonna take the load off those players during the regular season because those guys are gonna be doing the thing in their crunch time and in the playoffs. Um, as far as that goes, I'm just gonna go as my coach of the year, Doc Rivers. I think he gets it for little gelling, much, gelling okay. all the stars together. What about you? Kev? I think it's going to be Nate McMillan of the Pacers. I think they got good additions this year. He's a solid coach. The East is weaker. Chance for him to come up. You get Oladipo coming back. Nate McMillan's my pick. And he's a former coach of the year, I believe, so he's done it before. I think he can do it again. He's legit. I got Steve Kerr. Um, they're going to get kind of, un- they're kind of without Durant, they're going to get thrown under the bus, kind of, but they still have Steph Curry, still have Draymond Green. Clay will come back at some point. If they finish with a top three record um, in the league, I think he deserves a coach of the year. Yeah, so that kind of goes over our awards at least. Um, Any dark horses you guys want to shout out really quick as far as any of those go? Um, You mentioned Gordon Hayward. I think he has a good chance of playing his way out of it too. If he does do really well, he could you know, go into the starting lineup. Yeah, if Tatum and Brown struggle. I don't think Tatum will. I think if anyone struggles, it will be Brown. But uh, I think it's also too just kind of like the – what what Brad Stevens is trying to do. I think he likes having that scoring, that versatile offensive scoring punch off the bench, and you have that defensive, you know, enforcer. I also see James Harden taking <laughs> over. Um, everyone's worried about the usage between them, them both, and I think uh, Russell Wilson's the one that's definitely going to be sacrificing a lot more. I think Russell definitely sacrifices more, for sure. It's hard because it's Harden's team. I mean, it's... Russell's back, but he's playing. It's now almost reverse role of, you know, when he was on the Thunder. You know, it was Russell's team, and then Harden was the sixth man. I'm not saying Russell's the sixth man, but I'm just saying he knows that he's not the man now on the team, which also I think is going to maybe think kind of create a different Russell a little bit. You'll see humble him. him you'll, you'll see a, not necessarily humble, because I think Russell still just has that personal confidence in himself. It's like he just believes he's the guy. But I think it's one of those things where it's going to allow him to play differently because of one different system with Antonio he's not, he hasn't played in that and two I just think it's just going to be different playing with each other again after all those years will it show with in his wardrobe will his change Never. of his game show in his wardrobe that guy's wardrobes <clears throat> as it gets I think a dark horse also for a defensive player of the year would be uh, Steven Adams that's a good pick uh, I like Steven Adams without Westbrook getting 10 plus rebounds a game I think he could go up to 15 I mean, I think, 17 I personally think Zion could and one of my dark horses because I think this team's going to end up doing really really good Donovan Mitchell no one's really talking about him as far as MVP oh, goes yeah, um, yeah this team Adding is going to be a top also. 5 team NBA and they also uh, MVP's tough I can see him tough. doing 28 you MVP's know what I mean tough with him <clears throat> But I could definitely, yeah. Like I mean, they're they're in my top six teams. So I mean, but going on to that, it's not on the the name on the back of your jersey. It's what's on the front. 
So we're gonna go our top 10 power rankings. So we'll each go from uh, 10 to five, and then we'll go, or 10 to six, and then we'll go from five to one. So we'll have our guest start us off again. Can you give us our 10 through six, Kev? 10 through six, okay. Well, my, well, oh, 10 through six? Oh, I was just gonna go through one through 10. 10 I through six, Kev. Seven, okay. <laughs> 10 th I don't even have a 10. I Number 10, seven. I'll go 10 through yeah, six. Yeah, well, you can, I'll start at seven, but go ahead. <laughs> Number 10, uh, I got the Trailblazers. They added us on Whiteside. Um, another year, McCollum and Lillard will grow. And the coach is a dark horse for the coach of the year. Number nine, Celtics. Kemba is not an upgrade over Kyrie, but I believe he's a better fit. Number eight, I got the Warriors. Don't count out Steph and company. Number seven, I got the Jazz. Uh, addition of Mike Conley makes them solid. You just mentioned uh, Donovan Mitchell as a dark uh, dark horse MVP. And number six, I got the Rockets. James Harden, Westbrook reunite. It's a uh, it's UCLA dirty south. Well, I guess well south. It's LA boys dirty south. Yeah. Number ten for me. I'm going with the Europeans, the Mavericks. Uh, shout out Jake Machado. I think that dynamic duo is going to do really, really well. Number nine, the Blazers. The Blazers can only go up two, I feel like. Um, I was reading some trades. Obviously, the Kevin Love trade is really, really popular, but Blake Griffin going there now with CJ and Dame Dalla. Um, wow. Blake going back to the West Coast. I think that would do really, that would be pretty in. cool oh, with the team. Well. Uh, really weird. Number eight, I also have the Warriors. My 10, um, six to 10 is easy. Number seven, I got the Rockets. And number six, I have the Jazz. And t uh, 10 through six for you, Kevin. My 10 is going to be the Heat. Miami Heat, I think adding Jimmy Butler is big. They got a promising rookie and hero. Spolster's a good coach. I think they have potential. I don't think the Hawks take that step this year. I don't think they do. The South, you know, I don't think the Magic, I don't trust the Magic yet. I just think they take that division, get them in the playoffs, power ranking. 10. I go nine. I'll go. Tough, but it's. I'm gonna go Pacers because just of, like what I said, I like McMillan. I like the additions of Brogdon and T.J. Warren. I think Old Depot comes back. The East is a little weak. They're gonna have a good record. I think they're surprising, surprising people. Tough place to play in too. Indiana's a tough, tough home crowd. Eight. I'm gonna go Portland. Probably one of the hardest home arenas to play in. Uh, just you know, super. They're just they, they've been there, done that. You know, they're they're consistent in terms of going to the playoffs, and you know, yeah, they've gotten bounced, but you know, you got crunch time performer and Lillard, McCollum's legit. They got a pretty deep set of bigs. So them at eight, sevens Boston. Boston's just you know they're talented. They're stacked talent wise, depth, good coach, usually good on defense. I don't. I think they're above Utah. Utah is my sixth. Utah is the best defensive team in the league with the best defensive player. And Ryan Sire Mitchell. Very, very tough crowd to play in. Makes a lot of headlines for being very racist. Salt Lake. Bunch of Mormons. Um, LA Clips are coming at five. I know this surprises people, but it's just because of, I think, the, they're just, they haven't played enough yet. Like, the stars haven't played together yet. And I think that that take you got to take that in consideration. Like, Should we take a they're break, not, Josh? They're going to start playing until you know a couple games in the season. Uh, four, I got Denver. Uh, they're young, a lot of talent. They're good last year. They have an advantage of playing the altitude. Like they're, I just I just like Denver. I think they're ready to take. I think Joker needs to take that ne next step in terms of being aggressive as a scorer and like as a 
kind of like a closer for that team, or Jamal Murray has to step up and be that next guy. And then three is going to be Philly. I think Philly is... If Ben Simmons is shooting them threes like he's showing, they're going to be a problem. Like, a, like they are going to be a huge problem. Borderline, they're, they're the top two teams in the East. Him, them and the Bucks, it's basically between those two. Like, there's no doubt. And then two is going to be the Lakers. I don't think they're one. I know Hypenshin and LeBron and Anthony Davis is real, but I just think it's also they're playing in the West, and it's so tough. Like, if it's... The West is so loaded, it's so stacked, and to get like 60, like to be at the top power rankings, you gotta be the best team with the best record, and I just don't think that's gonna be the Lakers just because of the team that's ahead. It's the Bucks, because the Bucks have the MVP, they have my choice for the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, you know, uh, in Giannis, and then I just think, you know, they're, they're back now. I think that, that whipping by Toronto you know, humbled them, but it also gave them some motivation. It definitely gave Giannis some motivation. I think they're just going to come out with some heat, and they're just going to come out really wanting it. They don't have any opposition in the East now that really can contain Giannis because the only reason Giannis didn't go to the finals last year was because he ran into Kawhi. So I think I think Giannis toes to the finals, and I think, I mean, I think depending on who they play, I mean, I think he wins it. Very interesting. Where'd you put the 76ers and the Rockets? I kind of got lost on those two. The 70, I didn't put the Rockets on there. Okay, okay. I put the 76ers, though, at three. At three. And, guys, what's your five through one? Number five, I got uh, Denver. They had the best home record last year, and I think they'll just grow together another year, Joker and Murray. Number four, I got the Sixers, like Kevin said, and that's been the news out of Philadelphia that Ben Simmons is hitting threes. Number three, I got the Bucks, Greek Freak. MVP. Number two, I got the Lakers, AD and LeBron, um, Kuzma, and then they added defense and Danny Green. And then number one, I got the Clip Show, Kawhi, KG. Um, another year of Doc, so. Yeah, five, I have the Nuggets. Um, I love the young team. It's really up to Murray and Harris as far as that's as far as the team goes. They kind of they paid them and said, you know what I mean, if you guys want to be all-stars, then then we'll be a championship team because we already have Joker and we have cap space for a, a vet. Um, number four, I have the Lakers. Obviously, AD, LeBron, that pick and roll is going to be nasty. Uh, the only thing that's kind of skeptical is me, and it was the same thing last year, which proved to, you know what I mean, not go their way is depth and three-point shooting uh, we'll see again how it goes they hired kind of a new route of players to do that and we'll see you know what I mean if, the, if that works out uh, three is the Bucks um, Giannis is great they, they run a great system around him but I'm still skeptical on Bledsoe and Middleton um, it's they have to step up obviously Giannis is going to bring his own game uh, I think they DiVincento was hurt last year so I'm excited to see what he brings back this year twos to 76 years Sixers obviously all the talk about Ben Simmons um, when you have four guys that are going to be 6'9 6'10 or bigger it's it's going to be a lengthy um, team and that's kind of what rolls in another length defense um, is my number one team's the Clippers. You got Kawhi and whatnot. Um, I, I think Kawhi and whatnot? Like I got George Kawhi, Paul George. You have the same <laughs> 
team that you had last year that did so well, and unlike other superstars, Kawhi and Paul George don't have such big egos, so I think they click and gel together better than other players. Um, as far that. as like Dwayne Wade players. and LeBron when when that when that happened. Yeah, I bet you Paul George and Kawhi just went fishing when they first got team together. They both like to fish. <clears throat> well, the whole Lakers. Can you imagine the size of fish in there? The whole Lakers squad went tuna fishing, deep sea fishing uh, about a yeah. month ago. Um, right. Actually, Lou Williams was the best fisherman. I uh, always, the old man, yeah. I just think it'd be funny. Um, him and Sindarius Thornwell, I believe, were catching them. So, yeah, Kawhi, had a, Kawhi has been fishing before in Mexico, he said, with some I, of his San Diego friends. I just friends. picture Kawhi catching, like, a little rainbow trout. But no, it's, like, no, literally no, no. smaller tuna, than his bro. hand. Big so. tuna. Yeah, <laughs> big tuna. <laughs> All righty, going okay. to the new... The new rookies, um, we're just going to touch base. We each have three rookies. We're going to go over their game, their potential, how they'll be used this year. Um, I kind of assigned three rookies with these people. Kevin's got Zion. Kevin's got Jarrett Culliver. Kevin's got Cam, Red, uh, Cam Reddish. Kaiser's got R.J. Barrett, Darius Garland, and the sharpshooter Harrow, Tyler Harrow. And then I have Brandon Clark, DeAndre Hunter, and John Morant. So, Kevin, take it off. So let me hear about Zion. I just think Zion's the real deal. I think he's a superstar. I think that guy's a game changer, dynamo. Like, he just needs to get a little bit of game shape. You know, he's still not fully there yet, but once he does, gets his feet back, he'll be, he's gonna do some damage. With the way they play and the, the playmakers around him, I mean, really, dude, I mean, he's in a perfect setup. I mean, he's in a setup where they're playing a system that suits him and they're he's playing with a bunch of guys that are really willing to feed him the ball. On lobs and they're perfectly capable of it. They're, they're going to be good. They're going to be exciting. I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and say they're good yet because they're you know really young and I'm they haven't proven or shown anything. But I mean, I definitely think Zion is going to be a rookie of the year, and I think he's going to put up like 29 and probably like a steal and a half and block a game. I mean, shoot probably over 55 percent from the field. He's a beast. I mean, the kid's just a beast. I don't think the NBA really is ready for how strong this kid is. I mean, I saw him. I've watched all of his preseason games. I've watched the kid. Like, he is a freak, dude. He backs. He he went up on Rudy Gobert the other night. He switched hands, bodied Rudy Gobert, just bounced him off, finished through contact with his left hand after like switching from a right to left. It's just. He's a freak, dude. I mean, the kids, and he's ready. I mean, he's humble. He loves to play. Like you see, when it's not just his athleticism. Like he plays hard every play, and it's you know he's the first guy to be diving on the floor. You know, when your best player is doing that, you got yourself a good best player, dude. The guy's a superstar. Uh, guys, what's going on with his teammate RJ? Uh, RJ Barrett, yeah, he's the lefty two guard. He was locker roommate or locker mates with uh, Zion at um, Duke. He plays well with the ball. He sees the open player. He's six seven and he's strong. Um, he's kind of like he's got a little bit of his shots. Look okay, still needs some work, but um, he could slash and he finished with the strong. He can finish in the lane. Kind of is like a Demar Derozan type. Um, I think Thisdale uses until he gets his shot down. Um, I kind of I see him being used as a strong wing defender uh, since he's got room to work on his shot, but. When plays are drawn up for him, I, th I see him run into the lane or drive into the lane and finishing maybe an and one. <clears throat> but that's what I got for RJ Burt. Yeah, so John Morant, um, 
He's going to be one of those rookie of the year candidates. I see him doing something like 14, 8, and 5 this year. Uh, point God 2.0. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the great touch as far as finishing around the rim and shooting. Effortless bounce. And the one thing I love about him is he's bringing back the teardrop game, too. So, um, you know what I mean? Look for John Morant. He's mm. probably my favorite rookie this year. Uh, Kevin, why don't you give us a little bit about the uh, the national champ, Jared Culver. Culver. Culver is, I think right now, just being in Minnesota, I just think right now where he's out in Minnesota, he's not going to get that many opportunities, really. I mean, I think Wiggins is still, for some reason, I think the Timberwolves are still giving Wiggins a shot. I'm I'm past Wiggins. I mean, the guy is clearly not a super, I mean, the guy is just not, he, has, he seems like he doesn't even care about the game, so it's, you know, I would just say, get ready to move on past him and then let Culver step in and see what he can do. I think Culver can be good. I think, I mean, I, I want to see him develop a three-point shot because I didn't see any of it in college or anything. But his mid-range is nice, and he's he's explosive. He, I can see a lot of defensive. He comes from a really strong defensive team in college. They're the best defensive team in college. So I think, and he was one of their best defenders. So I think he'll be good on that end. I just don't think he'll be... There's just there's holes in his game offensively that relate to the pro game that just they don't help him, you know. He's gonna be a good slasher, you know, but you know, a lot of guys in the NBA are great slashers. So it's about you gotta have something else that shows. And guys the pick guy who was picked before him, Darius Garland. Hey, he was a projected number one overall pick going into the season before he got hurt, um, at at Vanderbilt, right? Very nice. Virginia. Some went down. But uh, he's a deep range shooter. He's a Gary Indiana native, so shout out Freddie Gibbs, Gangsta Gibbs. And he's got great offensive. You mean Freddie Cole, the own soprano? Yep. Hell uh, yeah. <laughs> he can create space, and he's, all, he's also a willing passer. He's kind of a poor man, Dame Lillard, and maybe since the injury, he's got the Kyrie Irving kind of thing going for him. Um, but. With being in the Cavaliers, um, if he starts, he'll be a good compliment to Sexton. His willingness to pass, like I mentioned, can help Kevin Love uh, play his game as well as Eric Bledsoe. So. Yeah, DeAndre Hunter, another top guy, uh, 6'7", 225, perfect size for the NBA right now. He guards four positions, shot 48% from the three in college. Uh, future All-Star, um, along with John Moran, I see future him being a superstar. Oof. Yes, and Damn. I see him having a okay. poor man's Paul George game. Um, Interesting. Maybe like a third third team when he gets up to it, but I really love his size, um, and I, I love his, his uh, diversity. I see a lot of and wow. final, filling up, Kevin, give us uh, Cam Reddish, another, or um, Zion's. DeAndre Hunter's teammate. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Reddish can be nice. I mean, I just think, I think playing with Trey Young is going to help him. You know, he's just, he, his style of play benefits from having a great playmaker, and he has one. And I think, you know, he's got defensive versatility. He's big, he's long, he's athletic. Uh, I just, you know, it's... You just want to see consistency with him. It's all about consistency with a guy like that. His game relies on his shooting and his, you know, shooting ability mainly. I want to. It's all about consistency. And if he can just find consistent rhythm, then he'll be great. You know, but you know, I think they're going to take a lot of three pointers. The Hawks are going to shoot a lot of three pointers. I bet you they're top five in leading three point shots this year. Hawks going to shoot. I think the Hawks are going to shoot a ton of threes, so that helps Reddish's game. I mean, like, really, they're going to be top five in the league in three-point attempts, I think. And that is going to directly translate. That's going to directly translate to 
reddish, who's a shooter getting shots, and I think that's going to help him. I mean, plus that's going to open up lanes for him to drive. Now that teams get, you know, they're situated to them shooting threes, they're going to be stepping out more, it's going to open up lanes for him to drive, and I think that, you know, that always helps. I think op getting open lanes in basketball is a key thing, you know. Let me readdress DeAndre Hunter. I'm doing a Tayshawn Prince comparison. That's Tayshaun not bad. I, I, I like that one. Okay, uh, Kai's, Kevin's talking about three-pointers. Tyler Hero, best three-point shooter in the draft. Yeah, you guys have been talking him up. He's a 6'6", lengthy, 192 uh, pounds. Um, he's going to have to need, he needs to put weight on. He's kind of, that's his biggest question mark would be defense. And so if he wants to be uh, on the... If he wants to be on the court late in the game, he's going to have to beef up and put play some real defense if he wants to maybe have the potential to hit that last shot um, or guard like a – I mean, I, I jokingly said Pat Beverly, but, like, that's a bad dude. Um, an anonymous GM around the league said that he was the second coming of Clay Thompson or Miami's been talking them up Hero? as one. Yeah. I think the guy's legit. I think the guy has the mentality to be the best. Like, he's got that – just that – that mentality of a scorer where if he shoots and misses he thinks that next shot's going in he just has it he has that look he has that he has that feel he just has that feel to him you know he feels like he is the best scorer on the court and I think that's one of the things that carries guys like that and he's the kid's got it he sure. also the kid will be a fixture John Calipari this kid's gonna be a fixture in pro league which is always a big years. plus a big plus you know he's he knows the game mm -hmm. uh, my Tyler Hero comparison for all you deep basketball fans and know a bunch of knowledge, Kyle Boswell. You know what I mean? Shoot from anywhere from the floor, shoot and drain. The uh, real basketball fans. Huh? Real basketball fans. The gaucho. Shout out, Bozzy. Let's go. And last but least, we got Brandon Clark. Last two guys weren't top 10 picks, um, but they've been playing so well, having so much talk. I wanted to touch base on them as far as Tyler Hero and Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark, Super or Summer League MVP, Super League, Summer League MVP, undersized, but uh, jumps out of the building. Um, the league is moving to undersized, you know what I mean, big man. So he's going in the right spot, and he can jump with them too. So he, he leads the team in blocks every year. Um, he's got great post games, experience for a rookie. So I think he's going to take some votes from from uh, Zion um, I see him being a possible six man of the year in the future um, definitely a role player kind of like Trez Harrell Hui Haruchimara from the Washington Wizards that's a solid rookie that's going to be a rookie that's just a solid player not, not spectacular or anything else but just a team player comes from a good winning program yeah Gonzaga he reminds me of a little bit like a Paul Millsap-ish a little bit all right, really quickly, guys, just to wrap it up, um, just give our predictions, I guess, who's going to win. Um, I got Clippers over 76ers in the finals. What about you guys? Clippers over Bucks in four. In four. I like Clippers wow. over 76ers, and uh, I'll give I'll give them five because Clippers <laughs> might go party one night in Philly, you know what I mean? Kev? I think the Bucks win it. Over? I think the Bucks win it over... I know he's not going to say the Lakers. I know he's not going to say the Lakers, so at least they didn't make it. <laughs> no, no, I really don't think the, the Lakers don't make it this year. Um, the West is so hard. Uh, I mean, I'd probably say Cole. I Honestly, I'd probably say the Clippers. So I mean, you're saying Bucks over Clippers? Clippers are deep. They got how many games? That'd be a seven-game series. 
That'd be hard though. I, I, I that's even tough. I'm that's tough to say they beat the Clippers. I just think matchup wise, it's hard because he's going right back into the guy he didn't want to play last year. That's why that's I said Kawhi. Before. But I don't know. I just I just think I think Giannis is taking a even bigger step than last year. I think the kid the guy is going to do something crazy this year, and I think people are just going to he's going to become. The like a real global Please don't superstar. Get hurt, he, he had a I dad. Think, he's a dad now, right? So I think I really power. think he's gonna be the global superstar this year. He's gonna take that leap and just become huge. Like the guy's amazing, dude, and he's unstoppable. Like he's so good. Well, uh, from my understanding, Kevin, um, you do have a newfound passion. And that is uh, found in sacred geometry. I can see how you're interested in this with your connection being uh, sacred geometry and triangle offense and seeing it so closely every night. Um, Can you give me your thought on sacred geometry really quick? What? This, I'm so confused now. Um, You talk talk to me about it so, and what it it aligns with. I guess it's just the the belief that the universe, like, the universe's nature or I guess I don't I mean I don't know how I would really describe it I don't, I don't know it's the belief that like there's basic fundamental structures and patterns of geometry like geometrical figures that make up our universe I think that's like they, they make up the core key like I wouldn't even really know how to explain it I just it has a mix to do with like numerology and sacred geometry. It's like a mixture. Math essentially is a universal language, and math speaks in terms of like geometric shapes and geometry. You find math and angles and numbers in that. So I think there's just a deeper meaning to it, I think. I don't know. Well, there you had it, guys. That's what's coming on next when we have Kevo on this podcast. We'll dive into sacred geometry, a little art, science, religion, patterns revolving around the flower of life, guys. So coming up, the sacred geometry. Uh, Kevin, thanks for having you. I really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> no, we thank you for... <laughs> <laughs> a little high there, dog. The faded podcast. Um, Kevin, thanks well, you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Everyone knows. Um, I had a great time. You were very, fun. very smart. Touch base. Back and forth. I had a few back and forth. I'm going to love watching the Lakers. Um, you know what I mean? We're all going to grow and learn from this. Do you want to put a $20 bet on the first game of the season? <laughs> uh, for uh, dude, we can definitely go. We can definitely go a season bet on the season series. Who wins? Seasons fet, season series. Yeah. All right, 20 bucks right now. 2-2. Two, two. The first official bet on the podcast. We're, first we're, we're embracing bet. the sports betting future, ladies and Four gentlemen. Four games. Each team has to go either 4-0 or 3-1. 2-2, uh, obviously, is a tie. So $20 at the end of the season. And um, we're going to hold you to that, Kevin. It's on live now. All right, guys. Thanks $20. for joining us at uh, our first guest pod and Faded Away. Um, coming soon. Pod 7, so listen up. Guys, anything? Don't miss that jumper. You'll regret not listening to this.